Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hey there and welcome to the Pet Biz Hive. This week I am on week number four of our hiring uh, series. If you remember the first week we were talking about preparation and how that is one of the most important things that you need to do when you're thinking about bringing on new employees is make sure you have a great base of understanding of your finances, understanding what you want that person to do so you can create the foundation for that person to come along successfully. And then the second week, we were talking about crafting your job offer and what is important to include in that to attract the perfect ideal candidate. The third week was talking about the interview phase, which is identifying the ideal person to fit your company culture and to match what you are wanting your company to represent down the road. So now we are in the fourth week, which is the onboarding phase. So of course, before you onboard your new employee, you do need to make sure that you identify them, go through the process to uh, present to them the job offer and have them accept it. So we ended last week talking about those questions and how to identify the right person, how to uh, score them on a consistent score, try to have the same person do the interview process always great to have a second ear in that uh, interview, whether that is one of your managers, uh, whether that is only your managers and not you and you are kept as an additional interview if necessary, uh, and also maybe a, a top level employee that you have because those are the people that really know what is required and can help you listen to the in-between words. Because a lot of people can say, a lot of things in the silence in between talking. So you want to make sure that you're skilled at listening to that. God gave us one mouth, two ears for a reason is what I always tell my kids. So once you have gone through and you have assessed those candidates and you have picked the right person, you want to make sure that you send them, of course, the job offer. You might have a system like we do that it's you know all within a certain software or it might be an actual email that you send to them. You can, of course, call them and congratulate them personally uh, for being able to start in that position with your company and formally give them the job offer, or that can also be done by email. There are a lot of um, stock emails that you can Google on the best way to present that moving forward. You do need to get their permission, of course, to do a background check. I am sure you all do background checks for your employees. Most of the background checking companies have a form that they can fill out, releasing you from any uh, background check liability and giving them the permission to do that. I know the company that we use will send out an email. So that is all done automated without your involvement when you order that background check. So lots of options out there for background checking, but you do want to make sure that you do that first before they step foot on your client's property just to cover uh, any of your liability that way. So making sure you've got the liability done, you also want to, once again, in that job offer, present to them exactly what this position is. We paint it very clearly. 
Uh, we want to make sure that there is no mistake that they are not thinking that we just play with puppies and kitties all day. And they do understand the difficulties, the, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're in Missouri. Um, you just almost don't end up with worse extremes that we do. Uh, you know, full humidity uh, and feels like 115 degrees. We've had that recently all the way to like feels like negative five, negative 10. I know some of you are worse than that, but that's pretty freaking cold for us. So we have the extremes. We want to make people understand that our philosophy is we are more reliable than the postal service. So, you know, we will get there if we are skating through ice, whatever the situation is, you are expected to take care of these pets. And we also at that point very clearly spell out what the schedule responsibilities will be. We talk to them in the interview about their availability and we re-identify what they stated their availability was. I know that there is a lot of conversation on social media about struggles with staff who said they were available for a certain thing at the beginning and then now they're not. Uh, that is a complete negotiation that we have with our staff. They are hired for something in particular and we automatically schedule them based on their availability. So we make sure that is crystal clear from the beginning. And if for some reason they do want to change that, that is a renegotiation for them to continue to maintain their position. So that was just a little bit of an aside there. Make sure it's all very clear and written up front is what I'm saying. So you will go through that email process to have them formally accept the position. Then you do want to set up a time for them to come in and do the actual orientation process. Now, just to clarify, orientation process is when you bring them in and it's just that Oh, list of just required things that you have to do to get an employee on board. Um, you're going to, of course, present them with the federal and the state uh, W-4s. So they are ready for taxes. You're going to uh, complete the I-9. So you want to make sure you communicate before they come into this meeting. They need to bring the passport if they have it. They need to bring, uh, you know, if they don't, two forms of ID, driver's license, birth certificate, social security card. It's a mess, but you want to make sure you do that. Um, you always want to have a complete employee file in case there are ever any questions. Um, we've never had issues ourselves where someone has asked to see employee files, but we make sure that we always dot our I's and cross our T's. I don't want some simple mistake down the road to cost us. This this 25 years of business means way too much to me. It's it's my life. It's It's my... I mean, I hate it's it's my identity. It's it's who I am. I mean, you've got to think that I've had my business for more than half of my life. So those kinds of things are very important to me. Make sure when you are in business that you are dotting your I's and crossing your T's also. So you want to make sure that you get those forms filled out. So that is that's your orientation process. Um, your onboarding process is very different. That is when you are welcoming them into your company. You're inviting them into your story and you are showing them how we do things here. So you want to make sure those are two very separate things. So a little bit about how we do our orientation into onboarding process. We like to get all that paperwork out of the way first. So first thing we do is make sure we have, you know, all of their important information filled out. We have federal state forms that, you know, you might possibly have a local form. We have direct deposit set up. They understand how to get into their um, ADP account, um, just the whole nine yards. 
We also have a packet of information that we do have them fill out that crosses over into our onboarding and our company culture. Of course, we do have them fill out our employment agreement. You do want to have a very solid employment agreement, not just one that you pulled off the internet or paid one of these, um, you know, pet industry companies. You want to make sure that you have a local attorney in your state review that and make sure it applies to your state. Even the ones that we have available, your state, make sure it gets reviewed. We are not attorneys. They are not attorneys in your state. You want to make sure that you are covered in your legal jurisdiction. So you want to have them look at the uh, or fill out your employment agreement. You want to have them, you know, fill out acknowledgement if you have any manuals. We have, of course, our employee handbook. You want to have them acknowledge that they have received that. You want to go over specific things in the employee handbook. Of course, that is going to be um, everything that includes your, oh, a lot of the normal things, your, your sexual harassment clause, your drug policy, your vacation policy, your attendance policy, your dress code. Uh, you want to have all of those set out very clearly for them and touch on those points so they are clear what the policies are and who to go to if they have any kind of an issue. Um, so you also want to make sure that that employee handbook applies to your state because different states are going to have different requirements for what needs to go in that uh, legal document for them, their employee handbook. So make sure you have a solid employee handbook. You want them to sign something acknowledging that they did read it and receive it. Uh, your operations manual, that is basically their guide to how they do what your company does, how they do their services, what your policies are. You might not specifically call it an operations manual. You might have it combined in with what you consider your SOPs or your standard operating procedures. You might have it combined with your employee handbook. But they are actually three, technically three completely different things. Employee handbook being those, you know, standard policies and, you know, the legalities of your company and in how you do things. If you have a bereavement policy, if you have military leave policies, all of that goes in that employee handbook. They tend to be really dry. Uh, then you have your operations manual, which is how you want them to do their job when they're out in the field. And then separate is actually your SOPs, your standard operating procedures, which is how the actual company is run itself. They all three work together as a body of work, but they technically are three different divisions that you have. So that is how we have it set up in our company. They acknowledge receipt of the employee handbook and the operations manual. We additionally have a large manual that I wrote called Working with Dogs, specifically about dogs, dog behavior, and how in our industry, we need to work directly with animals going into their home. So we have acknowledgement for that also. Uh, when we cross over into onboarding, we have a team member profile. As I said, we are very, very specific about our company culture and our family atmosphere and really taking care of our people. In my mind, I, I lead leaders. I don't just employ people. I don't just employ pet lovers. I want to empower the people that work in our company to be leaders, to become leaders, to make strong decisions and be confident themselves. So I lead leaders. 
and in our team member profile, we want to find out more about them. So this is, and a lot of this is stuff that I have learned over the years. I did not start out as an HR expert. Um, I would have to say, unless you are a corporate HR person, this is not something that you just come into business with, knowing exactly how to deal with people. And it takes a while of being in business, especially in such a personal service as the pet industry, to understand that it is it is very high touch. It is a very personal service. We take care of the most important things in people's lives. They're, of course, four-legged kids and their homes. So we want to make sure that we instill that in our employees, that, that same care and respect for people. So we have to respect our employees to have them then respect what they are doing every day for our company. So in our team member profile, we like to find out their likes, their dislikes. One of the questions that we like to ask them is, we don't ask it directly like this, but if you've ever read um, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, uh, premise of that is there's five different ways that people uh, like to receive love, like you feel the most loved when someone does what? Um, if someone does something for you, if someone gives you a gift, if someone um, acknowledges you and makes you feel good and builds you up with their words, you know, things like that. So I would totally recommend that book. It is not on my book list, but it is on my personal book love list. And, and I use it frequently. I use it with my family. I use it with my children. Um, and I use it with my business. So um, I like to find out, you know, how do they feel appreciation? So I just flip that a little bit. I believe that he actually has uh, one that is written about how to express that in the workplace also, because uh, physical touch is one of them and you just don't want to get all touchy and feely with your people. Even if it is their love language, you have to figure out another way to love on them besides loving on them. So, okay, that sounded really weird. Ignore that I just said that. So, um, but I like to find out, you know, if they if they do something amazing, do they like to, you know, receive a little gift? Is that really going to make them feel appreciated? Do they like public acknowledgement? I mean, do they want to totally be called out on our social media page for something amazing? So we really want to find out what their preferences are on that because we want to we want to speak their language. We want to, you know, acknowledge them. And, and build them up as the leaders that we want them to be in our company. So, you know, that's some of the stuff on the team member profile. We also ask those things like, you know, what's your favorite drink to find out, you know, are they a Starbucks person or, you know, do they like Dunkin' Donuts? Because we do uh, little cards and gifty things all the time. And every week we actually do, we do a shout out in the company for the person that most exhibited our uh, company values and we'll send them whatever is on their profile list. Um, we had an employee who had a real serious struggle. Um, she was actually intubated in the hospital and it was not COVID. And when she got home and she was in recovery um, and happened to say on her um, team profile that she loved lemon heads, which I do too, I love lemon heads. Um, and, and I sent her a huge, you know, drop shipped a huge bucket of the big lemon heads from Amazon. So we do things like that for our team all the time. We all work so autonomously that we have to figure out a way to bring people together as much as possible. So there's a lot more on our team profile, but that's a little nutshell. I've kind of talked a little bit about that already. What else do we have? Um, 
oh, we like to include our vacation policy. We want to make that crystal clear uh, how people request time off. We do uh, vacation requests on a quarterly basis. So we tell them exactly when they are supposed to turn in their vacation requests. Of course, case by case basis, people will turn in time off and things like that last minute. We also go over our specific time off policy that we have with them. So you want to make sure no matter what, if you have those company policies that you do clearly outline them from the beginning. You want to set those expectations from day one, because if something comes up down the road, you can always go back and remind them. You remember we talked about that. Here is you know, the vacation policy that you filled out. You know, this this is how we need to move forward from this. So those are good things to have included. Uh, we also do put together a company folder. So everything is neat and organized as we go through our relationship with our employees. We have, of course, a lot of company materials we give people, marketing materials, things that we provide them to do the job. And we have a checklist. Uh, we do, of course, operate solely on lockboxes. Typically, an employee is going to be issued a lockbox that they're responsible for. So we have a checklist and they look through and they acknowledge that they have received all these company materials and they understand that you know, they will need to return those at the end of their employment, which is hopefully like 20 years from now, right? You get me on that? So uh, we do have that checklist. We also have another checklist that gets stapled on their file that goes through all these items to make sure that we have done every single step of the process. We have their W-4s in there. We have their I-9 in there. We have the direct deposit in there. Everything, I's and T's, like I said, I's and T's, make sure it's nice and organized. HR is not something that you want to skimp on. So we also do have for them on that day, their next steps, the way that they're gonna access any of our company information. We do have a staff website where they can access all of our resources and be able to watch our weekly videos. And then we do have a cheat sheet for them to get started with of, you know, depending on species of animal they're coming into, what are the main things they need to do each time to make sure all of the job requirements are done at each house. So. We have a, a lot that goes into just that initial orientation. And then we start at that point our onboarding process. We do like to have them read through certain parts of our operations manual before they head out. And in our company, we set them up on ride-alongs. We have certain uh, of our staff field employees who are trained as trainers. They go through a separate three-hour training process. So. Uh, they are able to onboard our staff well in the field, making sure that all of our points are hit um, each day on what that new staff member is going to be responsible for. It also gives them the opportunity to meet at least three new teammates and establish those connections. We try to establish connections as often as possible with our new people to make them feel very warm and welcome. So we do send them out. Typically, they will do anywhere from two to four visits with each team member. Normally, that will be on three different days. Then uh, they do have their own assignment of doing their online um, uh, CPR, pet first aid and CPR course. This is something you might want to include in your company. There are several options out there for that. Uh, we also do have them read their operations manual and they're working with dogs manual. They do have tests that they have to complete online. They have to make at least a 90% or they have to redo it. So we want to make sure that 
that they do understand the policies and they're very clear on the things that we find the most important in those two things. And, um, you know, we want them, of course, to read all of the manuals. Um, we find out pretty quickly who does not read them first and thinks that they can just go online and take the, t the quiz, even though they are open book and technically in chronological order. We still have people that don't pass with 90 percent the first time. And these are things like we do cats every other day. True or false? Yeah, that one's false. And it says it word for word in the manual. So I, we don't make it difficult. So, you know, but I always flag in my mind, oh, that person got a 78% the first time. We probably need to watch out for them and make sure that we don't need extra hand holding on the way. So, you know, that is kind of what we do in our process. You are going to need to develop your own process. The key to this is making sure that your new people feel well cared for. Uh, there's actually a statistic from the Gallup poll that only 12% of employees feel like they are onboarded well. You know, whatever that looks like in other companies, I don't want that in my company and I don't want it for your company. I want your people to feel amazed. I want them to be like, holy wow, I did not know I was going to be working for a company that cares this much, a company that is so concerned about what I'm doing, a company that is always checking in with me. I want them to be talking to their friends and family about like, you You won't believe this company that, that I've just started working for, because I want these people to be with us for a very long time. It is so expensive to onboard a new employee. Um, even if you don't invest a lot of financial resources into it, you are investing your time and time is finite and it is precious. So you want to make sure that this process is done so very clearly and very well that you get that wow from your new employees because they do feel that cared for. Super important to us. So you do want to, of course, um, acknowledge them as you're bringing them in. If you use a communication system with other staff, you want to make sure you are like their cheerleader. Um, if they do something great, like a great picture, a great message, you want to acknowledge them early and acknowledge them often so they feel welcome into the team. Um, you know, hey, we use Slack. So we always do Slack introductions if you want to do social media introductions, anything you can to make them feel like, you know, the king or queen of the castle because you are so excited that they are on board. We like to keep that energy with our new people. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that we do. Oh, yeah, our follow-up. So this is something that I learned over the years. You, know, you certainly don't want to just hand them a manual and say, go, you know, like literally throw them to the dogs. You want to make sure you're following up with them regularly. It can be very easy if you don't have a full management team to get busy with everything else. And the urgent of the day-to-day -day, uh, tends to overshadow you following up with them. So you need to make sure you schedule very regularly. Once they start doing their own visits, check in with them every day, even if it's shooting a Slack, if it's shooting them a text, if you use GroupMe, whatever that is, how did today go? Um, you know, talk to them about their messaging if you have software. Um, you know, how things went, if they have any questions, whatever you could do to make sure you get those daily touches with them. I recommend doing a daily touch. 
uh, at least every day for the first week. And then as needed or on a weekly basis after that, and then we do continue doing that on a monthly basis. We want to have those conversations because we might not see these people for months face to face unless they happen to live close to our office and they come into the office to pick up materials. So we want to make sure we are finding out how they are, not just, gee, is your job going okay? We want to find out like, hey, how's your wife doing? Oh, gosh, your son just had a fourth birthday. What'd you do for his birthday? We really want to get involved with them because we don't have the water cooler. You know, we don't get to walk by their cubicle and see the adorable picture of their four-year-old's birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. You know, we want to let them know that we care because that is going to make them feel engaged in the company. Um, engagement in the company is going to lower turnover. It's going to, you know, increase their appreciation for what they do. Um, you know, it's going to just make everything a lot easier having that personal connection with them. So onboarding, i.e. is what's right there with, um, you know, with the preparation phase. Uh, I, it's almost like you don't know which one is more important. If you don't set things up right, then getting your onboarding phase is kind of like meh anyway, but onboarding, that is the key to ensuring that you are going to have a new team member that fits your company allows your community to feel how important the company is to them. Um, that's the point where you get those reviews online that are just amazing. Uh, you can tell by the messages that your employees send out that they truly know that they do work that matters. They know that what they do is more than a job. They feel it. They feel the personal connection. And that is what your clients will feel also. So I guess that wraps up the last, well, the four weeks of our hiring series. Hopefully you have enjoyed this. This is the direction we are going to be going moving forward. We will have little sections of training on different subjects. So, uh, you know, get ready for that. We are going to have a lot of great stuff rolling out. I appreciate you guys. I want you to have an amazing weekend. And as always, what is your next best move? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?